You're listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ursta, where we navigate the messy middle of building a business and all the work that goes into designing a life you love. Melanie Mitro built a seven-figure network marketing empire while working at the kitchen table, raising her boys and trying not to lose her mind. Melanie loves chatting all things marketing, time management, and leadership development. Katie created the foundation of her seven-figure business while teaching full-time, battling cancer, raising her boys and avoiding all things laundry. Katie's got you covered with social media storytelling and impact-driven income. We're building a business right alongside you, giving you the inside scoop to the reality of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and the really, really messy middle. We're not letting you build your business alone. Pull up a chair, grab your coffee, and let's make chic happen. Now, here's your hosts, Melanie and Katie. Well, hey, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro, one of the hosts of the Make Chic Happen podcast. And today we have a very special episode and I'm kind of excited about it. We have Coach Monique DeMonico and she is going to be talking to us a little bit about just stress and anxiety and fear and triggers that cause panic. And I can't wait to kind of dive into this because I know that so many people out there right now in business, in life, in relationships really are struggling with some of these things, especially because of all the changes that we're going through in the world right now. And so I'm going to give you just a quick little intro of who Coach Monique is, and then we're going to welcome her onto the show. So she started her coaching business 16 years ago when her boys were little. She actually has Four boys, two are actually were one-year-old twins whenever she started her business. Um, her life was crazy, but her passion for her work really energized her. And early on in her career, when people would ask her what she did, she would answer, I'm a coach. And people would say, what sport do you coach? And so she really had to kind of explain herself and what she did. But before um, Monique could help a client, she also had to educate them about what she could do for them. And I think that is so important that she, you know, has really gone through that educational piece. And so today she coaches entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, women influencers, and she's really known for helping other people unlock triggers that cause stress, anxiety, and depression to really help them create bold change in their lives. And some of her trademark techniques are are based in social and emotional intelligence, brain science, and the psychology of happiness. She's also the author of Most People Don't Need a Therapist, They Just Need a Change, and her certification and licenses are, um, they include W-B-E-N-C, oh gosh, I messed that up, W-B-E and RTT hypnotherapy. Whew, you guys, that is a lot of certifications, but when you strip all that away, Coach Monique is just an incredible human and she genuinely wants to help you transform your life. And today you're going to get so much great knowledge. Welcome. We're excited to have you today. Well, I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Sure. So I think before we dive into just some tips and techniques, will you kind of give the listeners a background on who you are, kind of what you're passionate about, so we can we can help them today? Definitely. I'm passionate about helping people unlock bold change in their lives using the same tools and techniques and education I learned to do that for myself. 
a little bit of background on me. I grew up, I was born to two mentally ill parents and I grew up in rural poverty here in Pennsylvania with undiagnosed learning disabilities. So I couldn't learn to tell time or multiplication tables, things of that nature. So I was never really a good student. And to top it off, I had undiagnosed petite mal epilepsy, which meant it presented as staring spells. So how that culminated in me was lots of messages that I wasn't good enough, that I was stupid, that I was lazy, that I was a daydreamer. And that really shaped my early life. And I remember um, in high school speaking to my counselor and saying that I wanted to go to college. And he goes, oh, honey, you're not smart enough to go to college. And I really, that became my reality. And then in my life has a way of changing. And in my 20s, I got the opportunity to go to college. And by 30, I had really accomplished so many things that I wanted to. I was happily married. I had always been bullied as a kid. So I had lots of friends and social network. I graduated from college. I had this beautiful family. But I not only wasn't happy, I was ashamed that I wasn't happy because I had done everything that, you know, Monique will be happy when on that checklist. And so I was really angry and ashamed and had a lot of issues around that. And one day I read a line in a book that forever changed my life. And I spent the next 10 years, all of my 30s, really working myself like a full-time job. And 10 years later, I didn't have as great of what I call curb appeal life. Uh, my marriage wasn't in a great place. There were some other issues. But I had a real sense of self and confidence and peace and happiness that I didn't, would never have known was possible. And I just believed that my journey was unique to me until one day I was at school picking up my son and there was this kind of cliquish group of parents and they were talking about the woes of me and many of them had multiple homes and, you know, were very privileged by society standards. And I, I had what I can only classify as a spiritual awakening. And for me, it was if these people can't be happy, what chance did the average person have? And in that moment, I just felt like everything I had learned in the 10 years was unique to me, the circumstances, but not the struggle. And so I literally went home and I spent a year going through everything I had done in that 10 years. And I developed a four-week course. And at the end of the year, as serendipitous experience, I walked into an exercise class and they said, we do a lot for physical, but we don't do much for emotional and you're very optimistic and they knew my story and they asked me if I would help them. And I'm like, I actually have this course. And that was the beginning. So I taught that course and I was asked to do lots of motivational speaking. And then I started getting requests for coaching. So I followed my passion for emotional intelligence and psychology of happiness, got another degree in innovation. And what had originally come to me was it needed to be easy to learn, easy to use and immediately relevant. So that was the structure to that still guides my business today. Wow. That, so what was the line in the book that changed your mindset? The line in the book was, I will always be grateful for the Silva method. And it was really funny. I didn't have any idea what the Silva method was. Mm -hmm. And we, had, we bought a computer for the kids that Christmas with something that I'm a little embarrassed to say, I thought was going to be a passing fad called the internet. <laughs> and so- you know, it was Christmas yeah. Day, so about midnight when I got everyone squared away long before uh, Google, I uh, found an old dilapidated website for them. They weren't going to be open for two weeks until January, but I bought the book and I went on my first ever road trip that January to a Silva Method seminar. And that was the beginning of the 10-year journey. Interesting. So what is the Silva Method? 
The Silva Method, Jose Silva was one of the really fathers of personal development. And he really worked to make meditation, for example, mind, mindfulness and meditation as just common knowledge to people. And in the 60s and 70s, there were Silva Method groups all over the world. Okay. Now he has since passed and now his children, you know, had many children and they have different ideas how to run it. And the Silva Method is not what it had been then. That was the thing that I read that book and I thought, well, wonder, it just compelled me. Yeah. And that was the catalyst for all of the things that you've created since then. Yeah. And I actually did become a Silva Method instructor mm-hmm. and did that for several years and was involved with Landmark Forum and some other personal development programs. But I always felt like I was married to easy to learn, easy to use, immediately relevant. Yeah. And take everything that I had learned and develop something that would be even more powerful. I love that. I love that. And I think people need easy. They need simple steps because if they have too many, then they shut down and they don't make change at all, right? Well, right. And I also had to realize, you know, I'm a personal development geek. I mean, I love that stuff. My family Mm -hmm. makes fun of me like at the beach. I'm reading the brain science book for fun. (laughs) But I realized that that isn't the case for everyone. But almost everyone needs some kind of help. So I can take that passion and boil it down into, into easy to use pieces for people. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, today we're going to talk about triggers, right? We're going to talk about triggers that cause panic and fear and anxiety, especially during stressful times. So I'm going to turn it over to you and we're going to just kind of dive into triggers and then maybe some ways to manage those triggers that could be helpful for our listeners. So I I say this every day, if you want to make a change in your life, whether it's overcoming an issue or an obstacle, and certainly anxiety and panic and stress are issues, or even if you want to reach a stretch goal, the change has to start at the level of thought. Because your thoughts, how you feel is a consequence of your thoughts, and those thoughts and feelings drive behaviors. And what happens is we get into patterns for neurological reasons, and it becomes very difficult to break those patterns. So for example, the average person is having about 65,000 thoughts a day. And if you're anything like me, when I first heard that years ago at the beginning of my journey, I thought, no way, I'm not smart enough to think 65,000 things. Like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And But what I learned is when you take the top layer of thoughts, those conscious thoughts that get us through our day, the balance of those thoughts, which are thousands and thousands of remaining thoughts, are actually not brand new thoughts. The repetitive thoughts from yesterday, last week, last year, a decade ago, oftentimes all of our lives. And oftentimes they're not even our own original thoughts, but they're the thoughts and the beliefs and the expectations that we grew up with. And the reason that happens is the mind doesn't begin the process of being able to think logically and critically till about nine or 10. So I like to say anything before the age of nine or 10, we're just like little sponges, we take it in. And so what we're told, what we experience, the stories we create about how life works, that just becomes part of the fabric of who we are. And we don't know what we don't know. So we're just living like it's true. I like to say there are very few truths. Things are true for you only because you believe them and then you live your life as if they're true. Mm -hmm. So anytime you want to make a change, you have to start at the level of thought. Because every moment of our lives, there are billions of neurons that are wiring and firing in our brain. And so the more you engage in a thought, a belief, an expectation, and maybe most importantly, an interpretation of past experiences, 
the more you're wiring your brain for that. So it's important to interrupt those neurological patterns. So the first technique that I developed and trademarked is the delete-delete technique. Now, the reason I named it the delete-delete technique is in today's technological society, everyone has screens. And all of those screens have a delete button. And unless you're working with high-level software, when you hit the delete, what happens? It just goes away. Mm -hmm. And so the oldest form of communication and education is storytelling. So when I just say the word delete to you, your mind is already creating a story. So I'm going to give you just a quick example so you can experience this. I'm a big believer in experiences. So I just want you and the listeners to take a deep breath, close your eyes, and I'm going to give you a word. And hopefully you don't know the word. The reason this exercise is important is I want you to pay attention to what your mind does with the word. And the word is enophile. And just notice what happens. And now I'm going to give you a phrase. And again, just pay attention to what your mind does with the phrase. Lover of wine. Right? You want to share what you got? So, so what I, I mean, at first I was like, I have no idea what this word is. But the minute that you said lover of wine, I was like, oh my gosh, I'd envision sitting on my patio with a glass of wine. Right. So for you, it was a great positive story as it would be for me and many people. But mm -hmm. if someone had a negative connotation, they might have fear or anxiety. Mm. And it's all in the thought. What I usually hear back when people don't know what the word is, right? That, so the mind's trying to put meaning to it. Sometimes people yeah. even report a little stress or duress trying to figure it out. So the delete, delete technique, before you even learn anything about it, your mind already has a picture and a story that sets the foundation for your success. So how the delete, delete technique works is Anytime you recognize that you've said something negative or you've engaged in a negative thought, I don't care if it was five minutes ago, you simply say out louder to yourself, delete, delete, and you're a place of the positive. Now, I encourage listeners just for the next three hours, just set up a few reminders or post-its or whatever that you're practicing. And what you will notice in the three-hour time, and you're not going to catch all your thoughts, right? And that's not the goal. But what you will notice in the first three hours is that you will recognize that you had a negative thought a few moments ago, or you said something negative, you delete, delete it, and you will catch yourself earlier and earlier in the thought process. Before you know it, you'll be catching yourself like halfway through the thought. You'll be catching yourself at the beginning of the thought. And probably for about 25 to 30% of your listeners, you will have the experience that even before you're consciously aware of what the negative thought is, you will recognize it forming, you'll feel it, and you'll be able to delete, delete it before you even have it. Interesting. Yeah. So the delete, delete technique is powerful for two ways. It raises your awareness of your thought patterns. You cannot do something that you're not aware of. And I will tell you, I've had hundreds of people over the years come to me and say things like, you know, I always thought I was such a positive person, but it's a little bit embarrassing how much negative thinking I have, right? But your thoughts are like gravity. It doesn't matter if you're aware of them. There are consequences to them. Mm -hmm. So it raises your thought awareness, and then it gives you an easy-to-use technique to make gentle, non-judgmental corrections. So what the delete is not and will never be is a license to police yourself. So it's not about making yourself wrong. It's about literally interrupting the thought 
so that you can begin to lay down new neural pathways because like attracts like. So the more that you shift that thought, those thought patterns, interrupt the old patterns and create new, not only will you, the new thoughts become the more normal, but other thoughts like them. And so people begin to notice it in just a matter of hours because you're thinking differently. So you're feeling differently. So you're showing up differently in your life. And so you're having different experiences. I love that. Could we give our listeners an example of maybe a present day fear and how we can use that delete, delete technique for that present day fear? Okay. So fear, some of the fears that people are having is around, the two big ones are health and finances. Mm -hmm. And both health and finances are very rooted in our primal brain about survival. So those feel very intense. For example, I work with hospice patients, right? And so that would be this fear about health. And, you know, until you're taking your last breath, you have more health than disease. So helping people to understand that I'm okay right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about money, for example, and I had someone call the other day, they're worried about being homeless. And when I walked her through the process, you know, I had to explain to her that if you're homeless, the vast majority of people are going to be homeless. So it's going to be the new normal. Mm -hmm. And that was able to help her to understand. So using the delete, delete technique, if you're, if you're projecting into the future and you're having these fears about money, for example, you can say, delete, delete. I have all I need right now. Mm-hmm. Delete, delete, I'm safe in my home right now. Delete, delete, I feel fine right now. So a powerful experience, again, I, I believe in experiences. If everyone just wants to take a breath and close their eyes and just think about something that's mildly disturbing and notice how you experience that thought in your body. And now open your eyes, take a deep breath. I'd never leave you with a negative. Close your eyes again and think about the face of a loved one or something really positive and notice how you're experiencing that in your body. So we're always having those experiences in our body, but oftentimes people have low body awareness, so they're not making the connection. Mm -hmm. So let me just share a fun example that happened just a couple months ago. I was working with an executive client and it just came out in a conversation that as she was aging, she felt like she wasn't aging well and she was feeling really unattractive. And so I said to her, you know, use the delete, delete technique, you know, I rock. And so I had said to her, do you ever have the thought that you're a six foot tall Victoria's Secret model? And she looked at me and she said, well, no. And I said, well, why not? And she said, well, it's not true. And I said, but you think a lot of thoughts that aren't true. And she admitted, you know, all these stressful anxiety thoughts. So I said to her, all I want you to do for the next three hours is give yourself the message that you're a six foot tall Victoria's Secret mom. And she thought that was funny, but she said, okay, I'll give it a try. She texted me two and a half hours later and she said, you're not going to believe this, but I've had three men hit on me in the last two and a half hours. She said, I can't remember the last time a man hit on me. Now she understood the goal wasn't to have a man hit on her, but it was a powerful feedback that how, what you think about affects how you feel And then obviously she was showing up in the world very, very differently. Mm -hmm. And so she was having different experiences. I love that. You know, and even today, business owners, as they're walking into now their home office, you know, and they're, they're thinking about all the bills that are coming in and all the customers that aren't coming through the door and they're allowing the negative thoughts 
to become a blocker instead mm-hmm. of looking at the opportunity of, well, I do have customers. I do have people right. I can serve or, you know, what opportunities can I create and allowing yourself to be open to that. Even if you don't currently have the opportunity, when you begin to look out and and open your eyes to that, those things actually begin to find you. That attraction, law of attraction, really, it's it really does work. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because I always say you broadcast with your thoughts and you attract with your emotions. So if you're thinking thoughts that of lack and fear, that's what you're broadcasting. And then that's what you begin to feel within your body. And then you show up in the world that way. And people pick up on that. 80% of communication is nonverbal. Yeah. Right. So the choices that you're going to make and the behaviors you're going to engage in are actually going to repel the things that you want to bring into your life. So there are two really powerful things you can do to shift that energy to help you attract what it is you want to attract and to manifest what it is you want to manifest. And the first thing is the mind makes very little distinction about what's happening in real time and what's being vividly recalled. So, you know, the, the thing that we talk about the most and you hear about in the media is PTSD. So if you've ever had a PTSD experience or you've ever seen someone who was having it, it looks and feels like they are having that experience again. And that's because from a neurological level, they are. That chemical cocktail of cortisol and stress and duress is being released. And so that's what they're feeling and therefore that's what they're experiencing. Now you can use those chemical cocktails in a positive way. So everyone has had success. So let's say that you're worried about money and you're worried about your business. The most important thing you can do is to focus on a time when you felt successful and you were in that flow and you were doing well. And so literally closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and bringing that experience to the forefront of your mind. And as you do that, make sure to pick an experience that has a visual component. So for example, if it was you, Melanie, you could see yourself standing on an international stage and all the wonderful feelings that come with that. Or for someone who's in sales, right? The day that they hit their their mark. So what is the visual? What are the sounds? What are the experiences in the body? So for example, if you were outside or, you know, what did, did you feel the sun on your body? What were the things and how did it feel within your body? Did you have butterflies? And it's interesting because when I do this with large groups, I will look out and there'll be hundreds of people who break into a smile with their eyes closed. Mm-hmm because that experience is manifesting for them. So instead of thinking about the things that you don't want and broadcasting with those thoughts and attracting with those emotions, you need to spend the time, and I say three minutes minimum throughout the day, and when you can, pair it with an activity that you do throughout your day. So if it's logging onto your computer, every time you get up from your desk, or every time you take a drink, or what is something that you do consistently throughout your day? And that each time you do that, you're going to take three minutes to focus on that. And this is one of those techniques that the more you do it, the less you need it because you find yourself staying, creating that new normal. So that's a very powerful exercise to help you manifest and the law of attraction to work in your favor. Because most people use the law of attraction against themselves unknowingly, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're aware of it or not. So you need to be consciously aware. So take your best experience with the sights, sounds, feelings, emotions. And hey, if there are flavors or there are smells, 
engage all those sensations and magnify them and make them larger in your mind, clearer, crisper. And you'll feel yourself begin to smile. You'll feel yourself feeling those feelings of excitement and happiness. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important thing. The next thing is gratitude really changes your brain. So we used to believe that by age 27, the brain you had was the brain you had and it could get worse, but it wasn't going to get any better. And we now know that neuroplasticity tells us that's not true. So when we are grateful, we are sending out a different kind of thought and we're feeling differently and we're focusing on what we already have. So for example, if I write out a sentence that I don't want to be sick, Some people would say that's a positive message, but actually that's a negative message because you're focusing on being sick. Yeah. If you say, I want to be healthy or I want to have even more health, you're focused on what you already have and you want more of it. So when it comes to success in your business, right, take what you already have and you want to expand on that. So being grateful for the clients you do have being grateful for the money in the account that you already have, being grateful for the opportunities that are coming about now. And so what I tell clients to do is when you get up in the morning, in the first hour, really focus on three things that you're grateful for and write them out. And dig deep. And I'm not minimizing it. We're all grateful for our family and our homes. Mm -hmm. But dig deep to the level of, I'm grateful for my sofa that I sit on while I work on my laptop. Right. Because you need to get creative, right? You don't want this yeah. to become a, you know, just normalized. Mm-hmm. You want to provide novel experiences for your mind. So mm-hmm. by d- digging deep, that helps to do that. So you write those three things down. And then as you move throughout your day, maybe every time, I don't know, you go to the bathroom or you wash your hands, you think about one of those things just for 30 seconds or a minute, each one of those things as you're moving throughout your day. And then at the end of the day, take another three minutes and really focus on that list. Mm -hmm. Now, because you're shifting your thoughts to what you already have, you're expanding on that. You're shifting to a more positive mindset, being grateful for what you have. And then as you're focusing on the future, expressing gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership, right? Because you're thankful for what you're bringing into your life, which Mm -hmm. is like attracts like. So you're going to have more of that. Right, right. And every morning, I mean, Katie and I both, we preach to the high heavens about starting your day with gratitude, setting your intentions, having your positive affirmations, and then ending your day that exact same way. And I had even used this example on a live we did this past week. I I didn't sleep one of the nights this past week and I woke up in the morning and the first thing that I said to myself is, I'm going to be so tired today. This is going to be a really long day. And then I sat down, I opened my gratitude journal and I just made that statement of, I am full of energy. It is going to be a great day. And it, I worked out and I instantly felt that shift begin to happen because I wasn't focused on the fact that I was tired. I wasn't focused on the fact that I didn't get enough sleep last night. And just that really being able to change that perspective changed the way that I viewed the rest of the day. Absolutely. It's the most powerful thing that you can do. And it's so interesting when you're working with people who are trying to make a change and maybe they're going through all the steps right? But they're not reaching success. And why is it? I'm doing A, B, and C. I'm doing everything I need to be doing. Why am I not 
experience. And I always say, it's what you don't know that you don't know that runs the show. And so what are the thoughts that you're giving yourself? And what are the beliefs that you have? Right. If you don't believe it's possible or you believe it's going to be hard work, then that's going to become your reality. Mm -hmm. And it takes some time because it's what you believe that is true for you. Right. Right. It does. It takes time to figure that out. You know, it's a journaling process and really being reflective and, you know, and I do think a lot of people and maybe people listening right now might say, no, no, I'm fine. That's not me. I'm not a negative person but they're repelling, you know, they're repelling a lot of positivity because they're not even aware of the way that they are behaving or the way that they are thinking. And I think at the foundational level is just knowing how you're reacting to situations, right? Right. And nature is built on patterns and that's a good thing, right? We don't have to reinvent and consciously be aware of everything we do. We develop these patterns and muscle memory and that's a good thing. But for so many people, they aren't aware of their patterns. And so they're re, you know, the thoughts drive the feelings, drive the behaviors, drive the outcomes. And they're like, why can't I get this change? Or why can't I accomplish this? Whatever it is. And it's because you're locked into these patterns, but it's like gravity. It doesn't matter if you're not aware of it, you are affected by it. I will say, you know, when I started, you know, almost, well, 25 years ago, my own personal journey, there weren't nearly the resources available that there are now. So it used to be you had to really go looking for it. Today, we live in a society where this is, you know, conversations that people are having and there's resources and there's awareness. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. What are some of your favorite resources that are just even foundation if somebody's just starting to realize, hey, this, maybe I do have some of these issues, you know, maybe I do need to dig into this. Where can people go for, for some information? Well, we love to provide information and we do a lot of free content. So if you go to our website, Mm coachmonique.com, we have, um, and we do live meditations. So we do Facebook live meditations and we're doing virtual sessions around anxiety. Mm -hmm. Every week we have a different topic. So this week is money and anxiety. Next week is relationship rescue in times of quarantine. So we'll be doing webinars for that. A great resource for people. And I recommend to so many of my clients, if you have any kind of smartphone is an app called the mindfulness bell. And it's actually the sound of a Buddhist bell. And you can set that timer to go off. Like mine goes off every 27 minutes all day. And I love that because the Buddhist bells are thousands of years old. So our brains have adapted to that sound and we don't have any cortisol or any stress or duress triggers to that sound because it's such an ancient sound versus so many new technical sounds whether you're aware of it or not, they create a little bit of a fight, flight, freeze when the sound goes off. And you might not notice that until maybe you're resting or you're meditating and you hear one of those sounds and you become aware that, oh my goodness, this is something. Mm -hmm. So that mindfulness bell, I think the whole app is like 99 cents and it's really a great resource for people. And a great book that I love is True Love, A Practice for Awakening the Heart. And that book um, is really, now I have to confess, I don't do a good job of pronouncing his name, (laughs) but he's a Buddhist monk and his name is T-H-I-C-H, Nat, N-A-N-H-A-T, Han, H-A-N-H. 
All right. I will make sure I write those things in the show notes so that people can check that out because I do think a lot of people will be interested. And the Bells, that's an app that I have that goes off on my phone every every 15 minutes too. And, and I have my own phrase that I repeat as that bell goes off throughout the day to just keep me focused, keep me centered, you know, make sure that that I'm going down the right path. Because even throughout the day, we kind of get into our day-to-day flow and we have to have those checkpoints, you know, because we can get tense, we can get distracted, life can kind of happen to us. So we're just finding these moments throughout the day to just keep ourselves centered is really is helpful to our, our mental health right now. Bring up an interesting point, like you have your own mantra. Mm-hmm. And so what is something that resonates for you when when I'm faced with a challenge or an obstacle or I start to feel a little duress myself over circumstances, what I have told myself for 25 years is it always works out. So I am known for saying it always works out. I'm now confident enough in that and have come, I'll say that out loud to people and people will say, oh yeah, it always works out. And I say that about little things and I say that about big things. And because you believe that, right, that is where you're placing your energy. Yeah. And so find a phrase that works for you that when not only just as you're moving throughout your day, but when you feel yourself getting triggered or you know that you're facing something that's challenging, giving yourself that message creates a whole different thought stream and a whole different thought pattern that's going to work for you rather than against you. And that is something that I have been saying lately is, you know, whatever is going on, this is happening for me and not to me. That simple phrase allows me to shift from this is a bad thing, this is this is happening because I'm a bad person to know this is happening for me. I'm learning through it. I will always look back. And I've been through enough stressful situations to know that I will always come out on the other side a better person. I will always come out on the other side a wiser, a stronger, better leader, better friend, better parent. And it allows me to be uncomfortable in the situation that I'm in that's challenging me knowing that there is a reason for it and I will learn through the current situation. Well, and that's how wisdom comes about, right? Wisdom comes through experience and processing it so that it no longer, that experience no longer owns you, you own it. Right. So you can speak about it and learn from it without the emotional charge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shifting that perspective is everything. So I know we had one more thing we really wanted to cover, and that was just relationships and and keeping stress out of relationships at this time. And it might be relationships with coworkers, spouses, children, friends. And so just to kind of close us out, do you have a couple of tips on on just keeping that stress sort of down and, and keeping everybody sort of calm in a peaceful situation? Yeah, I do. Actually, our body is a great barometer. So anytime you key into your breath, so just closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and feeling your body in its position, literally like feeling your body being supported in space. Does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? Paying attention to your toes, your feet, your legs, your back, your shoulders while keying into your breath naturally and reflexively lowers your stress levels. You cannot be keyed into your body and breath and be stressed at the same time. So the more keyed in you are to those things, the more naturally relaxed you will be. So when you are having, for example, need to have difficult conversations or feel yourself getting triggered, keying into your body and breath, you're going to show up differently and interrupt. We're going back to the patterns, right? You're going to interrupt those patterns. If you both come to the situation stressed, you're going to engage in those patterns 
and not get the outcomes that you want. So I always say the only power you have to change a relationship is to change how you show up in that relationship. So break the pattern, show up your best self, relax into your body and breath, recognizing that the pattern in the relationship that's happening. So if you always have the same conversation over and over, or you have the same outcomes over and over, mostly we want the other person to change so we can be happy. Very low success rate with that method, but the one that's most highly used. So think about how you can say something differently, show up differently. Can you set a boundary? What is it that you are willing to do? When you show up differently, you interrupt that pattern so the relationship has to change. So by keeping yourself more relaxed by recognizing the patterns that you're bringing and shifting those. And the other thing is, particularly during these times when there's lots of togetherness and there's lots of stress, is expressing gratitude or thinking about this person. What are one, two, or I like odd numbers. So what are three things about this person that if it's a personal relationship that you love or if it's a professional relationship that you respect, or that in some ways they've inspired you or their stories inspiring. So what happens in relationships, particularly when we're struggling is again, we're focusing on the things we don't like about this person and we're focusing on everything that's wrong. And then that's what we experience and it just entrenches those patterns. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about what is it about this person that you like, love, respect, or inspires you? You know, if this person were if you didn't have this issue with this person and you can look at this person without the issue or without the stress. So by showing up more relaxed, by recognizing your contribution to the pattern and, t- and being accountable for that and interrupting the pattern yourself, and then looking at this person through what you like, love, or respect about them. And relationships will just begin to shift naturally because if you have a pattern, if you and I are in a relationship and I begin to show up different, then that automatically changes the pattern. Just like a quick example, if you and I are in a relationship and I'm the screamer and you're the crier, and so I always get my way because you know you cry and okay, so I get to be the boss of you, right? And you decide that, no, I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. And the next time, instead of crying, you say something to me like, I find this very disrespectful and so I'm not going to engage in conversation. Well, it's not nearly as much fun to, to yell <laughs> to an empty room, right? Right. So you're not participating in the pattern. And Mm -hmm. so you're forcing my behavior to change because Mm -hmm. if if you're not going to talk to me or you're going to leave the room or you're going to set a boundary, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just not, you don't get the same charge. So think about, because what happens is we engage in these patterns. We want the other person to change. They don't change and nothing changes. So we change and that shifts the relationship. Yeah. I love that. And then it takes, it puts power on you versus you giving up the power. Right. Because most people are giving away their power all the time and they don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. So when you take back your power and you can be in charge of yourself, for example, when you have the ability to key into your body and breath and be relaxed and you have the ability to shift your thoughts. So you're feeling differently and experience things. That's really the only true power that you have. And once you get in that space, everything in your life begins to shift. And it's interesting because clients, for example, will come to me and they have one, two or three issues. And then they realize, no, I really only have one issue. I had a woman come to me one time. She said, I think she's actually on the website. And she said, you know, I thought I had 22 issues. I just had one. 
Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, I was given away my power. And so, you know, it's the ripple effect. So once you begin to make those changes, you see changes in every area of your life. It's so true. It is so true. And just the way you show up. And I've, I don't know if you're a fan of Gabby Bernstein, but she, yes. Yeah. She wrote the book, Super Attractor. And I've been reading that book, actually. That's been my my morning personal development lately. And the chapter where she talks about coming into the, like bringing the light into every situation, you actually can raise the vibration of a room when you enter into it. And so even with our team, with our clients, with our community members, we've really been talking about, you know, right now more than ever, you can affect the room just by the way that you enter it. And so even if, you know, the energy level is down when you come in, you can raise it a vibration. You can bring that joy into it and just approaching your day that way from the standpoint of how do I want this conversation to go or how do I want people to feel when I walk into the room really will change the dynamic. And and I notice it with my husband. I notice it when I wake up in the morning and I'm grumpy from the minute I get out of bed. Guess who's grumpy within a matter of an hour? My husband. So it really does affect everybody. So just even just centering yourself before you have those interactions with other people really does affect the way that your entire day unfolds. Yeah. And there's a great, I don't know if you've ever heard of heart math. Mm-mm. If you've never heard of heart math, it is about the energy of the heart and the intelligence of the heart. And when you learn to lock into that heart energy, mm-hmm. you can literally influence the whole room. Yeah. Certainly people that you are just standing a few feet away from. And I've had so many circumstances where someone is very upset. You lock into your own heart energy and then you tune into their energy. And people who are, you know, crying or upset will calm down. People who are angry will, okay, it wasn't. And they may say something like, well, it wasn't that big a deal. I understand, right? Everyone has this energy field. And that's part of that, you know, that 80% of nonverbal communication. Yeah, We feel that. And so when you raise your own energy, you bring the energy of those around you up and you can actually help them interrupt what they're going through without them being consciously aware of it. Wow. Yeah. That is so powerful. Heart math. Heart math is a really powerful tool. Okay. Listeners, you guys have gotten so many great practical tips for managing your ourselves, right? Managing our own energy levels, our own anxiety levels, um, just becoming aware. I hope you walk away today just knowing that even bringing yourself to that level of awareness can help you to create change. And one of the things that Coach Monique and I were talking about is just giving you guys access to her delete delete technique video that can help you practice that. Cause I think hearing it just once, it may not sink in, but if you re-listen to that, that video and you begin to practice that, you can also begin to raise your awareness, shift your thinking, you know, start to look for opportunities instead of all of the obstacles. And we can really look at the current situation and say, okay, how is this going to happen for me? How am I going to grow through the current challenges and actually come out on the other side, a completely different or an elevated person. And that truly is what we want to help you guys um, help you do through this episode today. So Monique, any last words and then we'll tell them where they can connect with you a little bit more. Yeah. So it's interesting because we didn't really touch on this too deeply, but like manifestation. So think about what it is you want to have as if you've already experienced it rather than projecting that fear into the future. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if the future's five minutes, five days, or five years from now. Don't think about what you don't have or what's f- creating fear and anxiety. Think about what it is you want 
as if you're already experiencing it. And by, by doing that, you're setting that intention and you're broadcasting into the future with a level of gratitude and excitement as if you already have it. Gratitude, again, is the ultimate state of receivership mm-hmm. because you're giving gratitude for something that you all expect to receive. And so you're raising your own energy and then you're placing your awareness, your attention, your energy on what it is you want. And then you become like a magnet as you attract it. The only thing with setting an intention and that kind of work is you can't set parameters and how you get it. Okay. So for example, if you want to be happily married as much as you might want it with your current spouse, you can't say set an, setting an intention to be happily married with John, for example, is cutting off infinite possibility. Okay. Right? You want to focus on, I want to be happily married. What would that look like? What would that feel like? How would you move through life with that? Because when you set parameters on what it is that you want to have, then you're closing off other potentials. So if you want to have success, you want to focus on what success is going to feel like, but you don't want to say to yourself, for example, and set the intention that success has to come to you with a specific opportunity because there are infinite opportunities. Ultimately, what you want is success or ultimately what you want is love or peace. So you focus on the end result that you want as if you already have it. And you let the universe bring it to you in the best way for you. That is great advice. That is absolutely perfect. I wrote that down. We're definitely going to share that again. So thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you being so willing to share with our audience. Oh, thank Um, you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And so where can our listeners connect with you? I know you had mentioned it earlier about Facebook, but let's just tell them again what the name of your Facebook page is and your website so they can connect with you. So my Facebook page is Coach Monique at PGH, and we're doing mindfulness meditations and some virtual sessions there. And then our website is coachmonique.com, and there's a tab for anxiety solutions, particularly around what's going on in the state of the world right now. And the delete to leads, I guess they will get the link in their show notes. Yep. And when they click on that link, they'll go directly to the video, which is not available anywhere else. It's exclusive for Chic Influence listeners. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, and everybody. think about all the wonderful things you want to experience today. Absolutely. Guys, let's go out there and make it a great day. And you guys, if you'll do us a huge favor, we always love to hear from you and hear what part of the episodes really resonated with you. So take a screenshot of this episode, put it up there on your Instagram stories. You can tag at Chic Influencer. We also have podcast account as well as just at Make Chic Happen Podcast. Tag Coach Monique. And we want to hear from you guys and head on over to iTunes. Leave us a rating and review and let us know how much you you love the podcast, but also what you want to hear from us. We're always looking for suggestions for future ideas and future episodes. So you guys have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ersta. If you loved our podcast, be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time. 